0: Hello friends, and welcome back to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. If you don't know, we are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jin, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi.
1: Hi, Jin. Hi. How's okay. it going, Jin?
0: Oh, you beat me to it. Um, it's going well. I'm going to a little uh, comedy show tonight. Should be great.
1: Who are you seeing?
0: Uh, it's Rachel Bloom. Uh, she's the creator of uh, Crazy ex Girlfriend. So she is, uh, she's is. she got some musical chops, comedy chops. She's just overall kind of an impressive woman.
1: Well, I hope you have fun. Thanks. Jen. I plan to. Yeah. I am trying to get my damn Eureka Orthos solo clear gonna happen it is all possible in concept it's just the fact that it requires perfect play for x time period one mistake and bam you're dead
0: yeah it's like it's like trying to go for a um, mega satan run in binding of isaac as the lost <laughs> there you go yeah
1: <laughs> not the worst analogy oh thanks yeah yeah before all that today we are continuing the main story quest on our mission to slay the primal titan so what happened last time, Jen?
0: Last time. We ran around Aorzea looking for ingredients for this freaking banquet for Master Gaguruju. Because apparently Vice Cat and the other company of heroes want us to prove ourselves in this way. And uh that is that's that's what we do. <laughs> we we get stuff.
1: Yep, we did a lot of stuff last time. Yeah. <laughs> So now before they will trust us with the fate of La Nocia, we have to do one more thing for the Company of Heroes. We just have to grab the wine from Wineport. Easy, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> this- I like,
0: though, that like at this point in the quest, they've become self-aware. Cat is like, you know, go to Wineport and um, get this wine for the banquet. And just, just so you know, this is not a test. We do actually need this wine.
1: <laughs> One, it is actually a test, so that's BS. Yeah, and also spoilers. two, just because you're aware it's BS doesn't mean that it's not. So maybe knock it yeah, off. Yeah,
0: you're still making us do it.
1: This gets to the point where I feel like we literally lose the plot, running around the jungle. Yeah, like killing. I forget gnats. what we're
0: doing. Why are we doing this? Right. What's going on? Yeah.
1: Anyway, minor spoilers. <laughs> We head to Wineport, which is across the river from the Costa del Sol area. Wineport is the wine-centric village that's to the north of Raincatcher Gully. This is where we were for the finale of the Warrior Quest line. We show up and give this little order to a Lala who is standing by a rack full of casks. His name is Shamani Lamani, and he gives us the Sherlock Holmes treatment.
0: First thing he does is he smells us. And he's like, dirt, grime, blood. Yeah, lots of blood. I'm guessing you're an adventurer. I'm like, oh, yeah. So he calls us out right away. We present him with the, the order for the wine that Vice Cat gave us. He's like, let me guess. This is going to be a request for my finest vintage. Am I right? Um, but that's when he smells. He smells the letter. And he's like, ah, Cosa del Sol. Loam. Is that goblin cheese? Hmm. He's like, well, okay, you're probably wondering why I'm doing all of this by smell. I'm not doing this to impress you. I'm doing it because I can't see anything.
1: <laughs> As we'll find out, he was blinded during his fight with Titan, and he drifted and ended up here. Sadly, Shamani doesn't have wine of sufficient quality. It's all being hoarded by Beerglint, who owns the largest winery in Vilbrand. So we head to a nearby tasting room and meet up with this guy. Beerglint is a cultured-looking roe with salt and pepper hair and a double-breasted coat and an apron.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With a little mustache.
0: A little mustache.
1: A refined mustache.
0: <sighs>
1: Opinions may differ. Yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> Looks like a dirty Sanchez.
1: He immediately dismisses us though. Neither us nor Shimane can appreciate his stock, so be gone.
0: Yeah. The neophyte vintner bid you speak with me. He would rather sell us gubu urine than even the lowest of his vintages. Be gone. And he's called the wine baron of Lumensa for a reason, I guess.
1: We report our failure to Shamani, who has an idea for an alternate strategy. Wineport used to grow Bacchus grapes, which produced heavenly wine. However, the Calamity wiped out the stock, and now Wineport is growing subpar lowland grapes.
0: I mean, they're not necessarily bad. I mean, they're not bad. They just aren't as transcendent as Bacchus wine, wine vines, (laughs)
1: grape vines. So if we ask around, we might be able to find a bottle someone has on hand of this wine. But we do, we ask around Wineport, and no luck. No one's got it. Mm Mm-hmm. We report back again, and Shimani tells us about his backstory in being blinded by Titan, and then he drifted into Wineport as a vagabond. He tasted this Bacchus wine, and this was a transformative moment for him, where he realized there was so much more to life that he could experience with his senses beyond just sight.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Anyway, though, Shimani stumped on the wine thing for Masquer Gagaruju. Instead, we're going to go and help him reminisce for a while because we've got nothing better to do, apparently, like defeating Titan or whatever. So why don't you go and see my, my old mentor, this winemaker named Drest, who's down in the jungle somewhere, and bring him some of my wine that I've made to show him how far I've come as a winemaker and to thank him for his care when he took me in when I first came to Wineport.
0: I wouldn't call him a mentor, though. He's just like, I don't know. Did he did he actually teach Shamani about winemaking, or yeah. did he just like feed him
1: some? No, both.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, because
1: Shamani's like, hey, I made this wine. Let me show you. Let my me show skills. you it.
0: Yeah, basically, when he was in the depths of despair, stumbling around Lenosia or Vilbrand, drunk and sad. Uh, this guy dressed, found him, and nursed him back to health, and then you know shoved some Bacchus wine down his mouth, and he's like, "Oh my god, I have found my calling!" So off we go to find Dressed, be- while while Shimani is trying to think of some kind of wine-related solution to our wine-related problem.
1: Mildly ahead of ourselves here, Jen, but the fact that either Shimani is making us run around and do these steps for no reason about like asking about this wine. Or this casts serious shade on the whole test thing that's going on. Because either he planned for all this shit, you know, he left his mentor in pain in case someone came by and he could make us help him as a test. Or this is all unfolding naturally as he tries to get us this wine for this feast and the whole test thing is BS.
0: That's an interesting, interesting question. Um, yeah, looking back on it, it seems mildly messed up that he would just kind of keep his pal dressed, who is, like, around the corner. I mean, it, to us, sure, but it's it's meant to be, like, quite a ways, which is why he doesn't visit him as often as he should. Yeah. But he just, like, hangs out and, and like, you know, okay, so the deal is, guys, when somebody comes to you asking to defeat Titan, give me some tips, blah, 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 what you're going to do is send them on some kind of errand to suss out their worth, or their you know their worthiness so shimani had this in his back pocket is like so when that person arrives i have this task ready to go for them but it it you know so like hand him hand him the wine while i think about it and if we let's say that was basically the test we're like no i'm you know i'm too important to do this i don't have time just give me something i don't give a fuck so it's a judge of, are we willing to do this favor for him, even though it's yet another fetchy crap test? But then it, I think the end result of that task is not at all anything that he would have assumed. So it, 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 it evolved into something that he didn't intend. But I think going and delivering wine to Dress is part of the test. The Dress test.
1: We go down to the Raincatcher goalie fairy docks to look for the sky. And evidently, he's a bit of a recluse that lives deep in the rainforest. We eventually find him in an overgrown wooden shack nestled against the cliffs that surround the jungle. Dressed is in pretty rough shape. His posture is very peery, and he's wearing a dirty outfit, dirty gray pants, a tank top, and he's sporting an eye patch.
0: He's standing up in a corner, nervously darting his eyes around like he's being followed or something. And he can't really focus on what it is that we're doing there right now. Like, hey, 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 bro, here's some wine from your buddy, shamani All he can do is kind of ramble about, I can't sleep. They just, they won't stop, blah, blah, blah. The, apparently the, um, the Midge swarms nearby have been buzzing so loudly that he cannot sleep. And, you know, to be fair, if you're not sleeping, you will be slowly driven mad. So, no problem, bro, we'll go kill these bugs for you, okay? We, we do the thing, we go out and kill some, some midge swarms and we come back and he's like, oh, thank God. Um, and he's immediately much more composed now. And he thinks us very grateful for the wine and for the help, despite what he had done to our country. He was, the reason why he's there is he was on a recon mission with the Empire and was captured by the Maelstrom. Um, none of his comrades survived the encounter. Um, And he just went into hiding, essentially. But he he wanted to stress that he is not Garlean. He was forcefully conscripted like so many others who had, uh, you know, who were were nationals of um, lands that had been conquered by the Empire. He was just trying to fucking survive. Totally understandable. But now he's just, you know, all he wants to do is go home. I don't know where his home is, but I mean, there are people out there who will help you get home, man. You don't have to live in a house or live in a hut in the forest
1: he's effectively an enemy agent at least politically speaking so if he shows up and is like hey you know i was in the imperial army help me get home he might not get a warm reception also if he's in imperial territory then getting back there is not easy either
0: yeah i don't he, there, there may not be a home for him to go back to
1: yeah now that he's collected himself somewhat he wants to thank shimani for the wine and to do so, he wants us to collect some coconuts he's left out to ferment some palm wine and then bring them back to Shimani. So we find them lying partially submerged in a stream bed, scoot them up and return to wine port. Shimani is grateful for the wine and he resolves to someday pay dressed a visit. But for now, though, he's figured out a solution to this wine predicament because evidently the leaves used to seal these coconuts shut were actually from a Bacchus grapevine. He can smell the telltale scent of this vine from the leaves. And that must mean that somewhere in the gully there is a wild Bacchus vine. So we go back to ask Dresd where he got these. And it turns out they were recovered by the Juggernaut to the south, which is a crash-landed Imperial Magitek device that's rusting away in one of the jungle's ponds. And there were gooboo tracks somewhere nearby, the place where Dredd found these leaves. So maybe the vine's growing on a gooboo.
0: Sounds reasonable. And it also makes sense that nobody else has been able to just accidentally stumble upon them just growing in the wild. It seems like that's, that's an avenue they would have pursued already. So when we go back down to that juggernaut, jutting out of this pond all rusted up and stuff, it's one of those weird ones that it's, like, it's just like a really tall, thin cylinder flying machine <laughs> um, with its little wings. Uh, we go down there to wait for this, for this gubu, and before long he shows up, and his name is Shazmu, and we fight him. And like uh, dressed had surmised, it when he falls to the ground, he's very clearly covered in grapevines um, instead of the normal growths that you see on the gubus around town. Um, so we grab a cutting, an actual like vine. And bring it back to Shimani, and he is so freaking excited, and his yelling and hooting and hollering attracts uh, the demon vintner of Wineport. What's his face? B, fucking row name. It's a Bill Bill Gates. It's
1: Sora. His name is Beerglant. He's an asshole, but is he the demon vintner?
0: We call him the demon vintner of Wineport. I tried to find uh, something that would rhyme with like Fleet Street, but I couldn't. Who so it was just, We,
1: it's... Jen and Jenself. Yeah, the royal We. I see. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so he comes running out and he's like, I, what is, what is this? And Shimani shows him the thing and he's like, oh, what the fuck is this? I, what, did you two find this? There's no freaking way. A common adventurer? A novice? Vintner? Um, there's no way the two of you could be so fortunate. Yeah, well, you know, look at this, look at this shit. And he is astonished. And Shimani is like, no, this is, this is for you. Now this is, this is your responsibility now, you have the knowledge, the resources, and the passion to revive the Bacchus wine industry in Wineport. And the fuck is his name? Bill Gates? Beer Glend. Beer Glend is, I mean, okay, well, we we have a little, uh, a moment of vulnerability. Maybe, maybe not vulnerability, but um, at least he's, at this point, he's... Um, you know like all right shamani okay all right uh, there's there's some there's some respect building here and you know that he could s- i mean this this could set Shomani and his progeny up for you know generations uh, you know being the you know holding the patent i guess to you know to the bacchus wine and he just hands it over to the guy who who could who could best support it which is really really nice and birglent communicates that in return what birglent does is he offers Shomani a bottle of wine. But this bottle of wine, this is a bottle of 1547 Bacchus? Oh my god, this is, the, this is a vintage we haven't seen in, like, not just before the Calamity, but like decades before the Calamity. Um, and Bergland is like, yeah, this, this was the crown jewel of my collection. And it and I, I was vacillating, you know, when do I open this? Today, tomorrow, some, some other kind of event. You know, there's, there is never like a day that where it seemed appropriate until now when it's very clear that it should be savored by the saviors of Wineport.
1: And it feels like a crime to bring this back to Master Gigeruju. After all this work, it's just going to go to, to his table
0: Right. I mean, the, the, the banquet is like for us and for the company of heroes. But you would also think that Master Gigaruju would have one of his own or at least one of his own bottles of this.
1: Well, apparently he goes through a similar hassle every time he wants some wine because he doesn't have a direct supplier, <laughs> evidently, to give him stuff that is of his quality. So we go back to Costa with our new wine bottle, well, I guess old wine, whatever. Vaisket is indeed satisfied with this rare wine. Even someone such as himself can recognize its rarity. Also, Yushtola has returned. She can see the trauma of our company of heroes experience in our eyes. So we're in the middle of recapping all of our adventures to Yushola when Master Gaguruju himself comes running over and does a, a kneeling dive bomb to apologize for his employee having run us around to such an extent.
0: Yeah, he like, he cannonballs into submission. And it's like, it's the fucking best. When I first saw this, I was like, what? And then the animation on my character's face mirrored my own.
1: <laughs> Unlike evidently the company of heroes, he knows and is impressed by our reputation as the Efreet Slayer and all of the deeds that Yshtola has done before now. So he's like, I- I'm so sorry that they gave you the runaround. You two don't deserve this. But then in comes Vysget, who says, come now. You didn't seriously think I would send you running the length and breadth of Eorzea for a banquet, did you?
0: Yeah, we did.
1: Yeah, because we just did that. Yeah. But they reveal the whole company's here now. Everyone that we've met so far rolls up in a posse. And they reveal that upon their disbanding, the company swore an oath that each member would try prospective primal slayers not by reputation, but by their deeds. And each member would employ their own individual standards to test this person to see if they were worthy of the company's knowledge. And if anyone found the candidate to be wanting, the whole company would turn them down. The verdict is in, and we have passed all the tests. So now they will back us in this titan-slaying endeavor. As an aside, Jen, everyone acts like this is a big revelation. And even is like, oh, that makes sense, I guess. But they've been telling us it's a test the whole time. So I don't really get the reveal here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. if I don't know. I, it, I, don't, I, don't know. I, I guess the big reveal would be the motivations. You know, as in like, this is part of our solemn oath to vet any new adventurers who want to try to defeat titan versus (sighs) this is this is just us randomly wanting to you know it's it's like it's it's in service of a solemn oath as opposed to just because we feel like it
1: yeah the oath part is new but they've been telling us all along that they don't want us to die needlessly
0: i mean they gave us ample opportunity to say fuck you guys i'm out yes and we didn't so hooray
1: anyway i i do not feel like this payoff. Justifies all of the hassle up until now, but we're past it, so great. It's now party time. We partake in the feast that we've worked so hard to procure, and tasting the exotic feast triggers a divine revelation. In that brief transcendent moment, we glimpse the true form of reality, comprehend its fleeting nature, and cry out to the heavens in celebration. I'm assuming this is like 95% the cheese. Or the wine. So after we have our cheese-and-wine-induced trance, we get well wishes from all of the Company of Hero members for our upcoming fight. Y'shtula is like, they've all but pronounced you the victor, but we have not yet faced Titan. So we receive the secret that we've worked so hard at last, which will be revealed by yet another Company member. So we have to go to Upper Lanosia to Camp Bronze Lake and whistle at three distinct spots, and after doing so, the member will appear at a fourth location for us to receive his secret. So we head up to Camp Bronze Lake, which is an outpost built across a set of hot springs with therapeutic properties. We whistle around and up on an upper ledge, this last person, an eye patch healer named Real, emerges.
0: So the the big secret here is that there is a special tribe etherite um that the kobolds used to access their basically their underground labyrinth of of tunnels um which is ogomoro you know Yushola is like how the fuck did you figure that out and real is like okay you know give us some credit all right so you know we kind of look at huge cities you know limsa lumensa Ulda, it's just uh, their labyrinths in their own right being able to Get um, to them, you know. Obviously, we use etherites, so it made sense that they would also use them, and then it was a matter of just finding it. So we we found it.
1: The whole point, though, of this back door is that it gets around these tunnels that are dug out by the kobolds of Ogamoro. So a frontal assault is out of the question. So we can find this aetherite up at Zelmos Run. Yes, uh, which is a narrow canyon infested with kobolds. And we head up there, fighting past a few kobolds.
0: I mean, honestly, if if any random jerk were to, to walk up this path, they would see a thing that looks very much like an etherite. So it's not like it's hiding visually. But if you don't have the skills of, let's say, like um, an ether scholar of Charlene, you would not be able to do anything with it. First of all, it's not powerful enough to do anything with you. You would have to attune to the other side which you obviously can't fucking do. Um, so right. we're only able to get in, in there because Yish- Yishola is able to um, lend this um, this accent point her own energy, and that allows us to traverse to the aetherite on the inside.
1: There's a whole bit between Yishola and Riel where he's like, we had a Charleyan scholar who told us that any scholar worth their salt could find a way through this aetherite. And Yishola's like, hmm, I got the stuff. So now it's a personal challenge for her to find a way through this because some other Charleian in the past was able to. Yeah. But the way that geography is compressed in this world, it looks like this thing's right next door to Camp Bronze Lake. But I think the implication, though, this is supposed to be like a a kobold-infested warren. Yeah. So I I, I think it's less accessible in in the world than it is in our our gameplay. But either way, um, we trudge up there and find it and Y'shtula does have the stuff to attune to it correctly. She tells us that she'll follow us behind once she can stabilize the connection between this one and the one that's deep inside the warrens. And the maelstrom will come here to defend our exit. So uh, with that done, we can now enter the navel and face Titan. Going through the aetherite, we emerge deep inside the earth in a massive cavern full of orange glowing earth elemental crystals and we step out onto a great raised platform composed almost solidly of crystal. In the distance, we can see magma falls pouring down and noxious fumes rising from the depths. As we enter, we're sighted by kobolds who call out to their lord, Titan, to pass judgment on us. Rocks all tumble together and coalesce into Titan's form. In Final Fantasy XIV, Titan is a big portly guy made of dark stone with rivulets of Lava running through his body like veins. And also he's rocking a top knot of white hair.
0: And a sweet soundtrack.
1: And a sweet soundtrack. Spiritually, he is supposed to be a protective and nurturing father. But like a, a bad dad, he has a mighty and terrifying anger when roused. Kobold myth says that he created the race of kobolds as custodians of the land and taught them the ways of mining and smelting. So Titan, once formed, booms out an admonishment of us service dwellers for our theft of the lands. Titan is also aware that we have slain Ifrit, and our blasphemies will not go unpunished.
0: I mean, he has a point.
1: <laughs> no, this is, this is all perpetuating a crime. You know, we, we don't have the moral right here.
0: Yeah, you broke the oath. This is your bad. And then Titan, when he is summoned, says the same thing. Like, your encroachment and your breaking of the oath in just... The name of greed is something that cannot be forgiven. Like, yeah, I know, you're kind of right. But you're a problem, and we can't have you just like stomping around. So here we go.
1: Two wrongs don't make a right, Jen.
0: Indeed. It's the moral of the story, kids. <laughs>
1: So I think Titan is a very fun fight. Yes. Especially in hard mode when it steps up a notch.
0: I forget hard mode because it's been a really long time.
1: Don't worry, we'll get back there.
0: Oh, good. But yeah, no, this is uh, this is fun. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I died of this a couple of times when I first did it because I just, I don't know what any of these things mean.
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you're a new player and that's fine. That's why you have a party with hopefully Rezzers to get you back once you go down.
0: Yeah, I fell off that platform so many times oh
1: i think actually back in the day you couldn't res people who got knocked off you would just like lay there yeah i i know in the hard mode in the old version once you got knocked off you were gone from the fight sucks but i think they they fixed it well not fixed they changed it to be a bit more forgiving to where you could be resed you'd like teleport back onto the platform with your dead body and someone could res you yeah for now though this is just the four person version of titan with, you know, your standard light party, one tank, one healer, two DPS. So as always, your tank will point him away from the party so his cleaving attacks don't hit the rest of the members. Periodically during the course of the fight, Titan will jump up in the air and come crashing down with a proximity AOE in the center of the arena. And these jumps also knock off the outside perimeter of the arena. So as the fight progresses, the arena gets smaller and smaller. And to play into this mechanic, his main attack, which is a linear AoE, it will knock any players caught in it off the edge of the arena. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Also, he will periodically uh, trap characters in rocky jails, which others have to break them free from. But the timing can be tricky, though. If he drops a landslide on the jail, you actually don't want to free the character in the jail until the landslide goes off, because if you free them mid-landslide, they'll be freed just to get swapped off the edge. Finally, the other main thing in this fight is that midway through, there's a DPS check where he will halt and expose his heart, and you'll have to go and burst down his heart before you can resume the fight against his body as a whole. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we defeat him, and the observing kobolds shame us. Shame on us for being the aggressors. Yeah. And the kobolds are defending what's rightly theirs. Yeah. They swear vengeance and go skittling off into the tunnels.
0: That's fine. We'll we'll see you around. It's just like, that's like, y'all can be mad. You have a valid argument, but just stop summoning primals.
1: I, I get your point, Jim. But at the same time, that is their recourse because they are overpowered by. Well, of
0: course. And like, they're fucking terrified. That's that's all they got. It's not like they're going to be able to form a standing army. I mean, they could. But, you know, against the maelstrom and, you know, the grand companies just <laughs> there's just, they wouldn't they wouldn't have a, yeah. a chance. It's, yep. yeah, it's very sad. This is why we all need to, you know, work together. Give everybody Bacchus wine. Everybody's lives will change. They'll see God and it'll be great.
1: Get on it, Bill Gates.
0: Exactly. It's in his hands now. (laughs) After Titan is defeated, we find a yellow colored crystal on the ground and it looks just like the other ones we have. So we pick it up. We are transported to the ethereal sea. We see our big fat circle of you know our, our our curio cabinet if you will of crystals and uh, the titan crystal is added to our collection and now we have 4 out of 6 yes yeah and so after that's done we're back on the back in the arena chilling out we pan over to see Nero Tolskeva and a mystery soldier
1: we get his name right away this is Retaton Sas Arvina Retaton Sauce. nice this guy is decked out in bulky Magitek armor, and he's rocking a pair of tower shields. Dual-wielding shields.
0: I didn't even notice that. It's, it's like he's just, got, he's just got fat armor.
1: <laughs> fat arm-er. Uh... So Nero is super excited about the readings he's getting from this fight. They are evidently much better than the data he collected previously, and they are sufficient for Nero to embark on some mysterious Imperial project. It could easily subjugate the whole of Eorzea, given but a little while longer, he claims.
0: He claims. But the, the mystery man, well, Rotaten, he, I mean he's, he's concerned. He's, he's trying to, you know, he's the guy that's like, yes, but. He says that Nero's, quote unquote, curiosity is untested. It's unproven. We don't know what its capabilities are or aren't. And Nero responds saying, you know what? Just trust in my capabilities. My curiosity, as you call it, would have bested Titan in the blink of an eye. It could even subjugate the whole of Eorzea. And as he's saying this, La Hapreia appears and confirms with Nero or confirms what Nero is saying and that there is no other single power that has ever been conceived.
1: Yeah, so the ASEAN La Hapreia just blinks in. Neither Imperial gives a shit. Like this is every day.
0: Right. Pro- I mean, probably. They're, they're totally used to their shenanigans by now. Despite this, Ratatan is still dubious and says that he cannot endorse this course of action. So, I mean, like, he's really, he's a very cautious man. I mean, sure, it could win a battle or two, but will it change the course of the war? And he kind of walks away saying, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. You know, we're not going to put all of our eggs in this basket that we've never done anything with. You know, obviously, Nero is Nero. And he's in love with his plan. He thinks it's fucking perfect. Great. So they both walk off. Lahabrea, in ASEAN tongue, mutters under his breath, Fool.
1: But then he takes a moment to look at us down in the arena and to mark our progress, having collected four of these elemental crystals.
0: And now they have a fourth.
1: However, Yishchola has now stabilized the Aetherite enough that she can leave it, and she has teleported inside, and she spies on Lahabrea from around a rock, marking that the Imperials and the Asians are conspiring together. So now, not just us as the observing players for these cutscenes, but also the Scions know that the Imperials and the Ascians have some conspiracy going on.
0: Yes. To what end? We don't know.
1: Laha Brea teleports out, and Yashula comes and joins us in the arena, saying that she'll be with us in a few minutes after she does some business. So we get zooped out of the naval, we return to Limsa Lemensa to debrief with the Maelstrom. Our contact, Roshat Riki, is suitably impressed. With our accomplishments, she feels the loss of the Warriors of Light less keenly.:
0: And all of the other like maelstrom officers there start to like cheer and clap, yep. and it's, it's pretty great.
1: And just then, we get a ping from Menphilia. She bids us to pray return to the waking sands. And that's where we'll leave off for now. So, Jen, even though I was grumbling about having the wine port leg of the errand tied to this whole Titan thing, I think that by itself... The little arc with bringing life back to Wineport by finding this super rare, thought to be almost died out vine on a gooboo was actually pretty cool. Like, I think that by itself would be be great. Maybe like a a Red Rooster's Dead, Silver Bazaar, whatever. Like one of those side quest arcs might better have expressed that, because I, I again like it. It establishes the character and history of Wineport very well. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, especially since it was just basically like on accident. Um, that seems more more better for like side quest kind of stuff. Yeah. However, it does feel cool to be a part of the rejuvenation of, of Eorzean wine. Just like in general, like the realm has not seen the species since before the Calamity. And I mean, that's like a huge fucking deal.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And what they should have done is just strap Shimani um, on someone's back, walk around gully, and he can just smell stuff.
1: <laughs> I think that's somewhat disrespectful, Jin, but... <laughs> I think he'd
0: be down. I think he'd be down.
1: I think he, he needs to go on a Rokadin's shoulder, like Nanamo. Yep. Not much to say about Titan. Nah. You know, I, I nah. like the fight. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yep. You know, he makes he makes a good argument. The kobolds make a good argument. Yes, they're all tempered, but you know that doesn't mean much. Um, it
1: means a lot. Yeah,
0: of course it does. And then, um, let me—the fact that they're tempered and they can still speak such vicious truths instead of you know like "all hail Titan," blah, blah, blah. It's that's kind of good. Um, they can they can still see the forest for the trees.
1: I guess in, in this metaphor, the forest is more trees. They they are locked to this perspective of kind of protection and defense and um titan's perspective too where this is their territory and everyone else is an intruder well next time we are going to go and talk about the leatherworker job quest so we'll see you then
0: and that'll do it for this episode thank you guys so much for listening if you want to get in touch, you can. You can email us at podreturn, F-F-X-I-V, at gmail.com. Or via Twitter, at podreturn. And with that, have a great day. And we will see you next time.